What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. G'day and welcome to the Ball Boys AFL Fantasy Podcast. Today we are coming at you with some draft content, some rankings for defenders, our top 30 defenders. Let's go! G'day and welcome to the Ball Boys AFL Fantasy Podcast. I'm your host, Mitch Casey, and you can find me on Twitter at Ball Boys Fantasy. And today I am joined once again by the draft legend himself, <laughs> Luke Rogerson. How are you, mate? Ready to talk some, some rankings, Bro, first time. Draft legend. I, I was the guy in the league <laughs> that everyone hates because he doesn't check his team. He's you, a fucking easy classic. beat. I'm that guy. I'm, I'm a shocker. But I can lean on you, mate, because you have that basketball background. It's all drafting over there. So. Well, that's the thing, right? Like, I'm, you know, we're doing this rankings and, uh, you know, take this with a pitch of salt. This is the first little bit of draft content we're yeah. doing. Let us know, you know, we'll watch, maybe t- let us know already before we even say anything. But let us know what you think uh, about the draft content after you watch the video down in the comments if you want some more of it or if you want us to maybe shut up and stick to classic. But uh, <laughs> today's video, we're going to be going through... And Well, by the way, I do think there is an advantage for classic players mm-hmm. to do a draft rankings as well because I do think when you come... When it comes to, like, putting an average on somebody... It can make you sort of go, okay, well, am I being optimistic? Am I being a bit sort of pessimistic on a certain player? And can really give you a good idea of like how good a player can be if you're picking a mid-price or if someone is under undervalued. And then that can inform you with your classic team. So I do think that's value both ways. It kind ways. of helps you to get your, your thoughts in order. Yeah. Maybe. maybe have the spreadsheets at the ready for this spreadsheets one. Spreadsheets at the ready. Yeah, and uh, yeah, get the pen and paper out. So we're going to be ranking the <laughs> defenders. I'm going through 30 rankings. And I'm also splitting them up into tiers. Okay. So in drafts, what I like to do, especially with AFL drafts, because the positions are so different in scoring. Yeah. Um, 
I like to break them up into tiers where I see a natural gap either in scoring or in my confidence in the player. So usually what I will do if there's several players in the one tier um, in one position, but only one player in the best tier remaining in another position, I'll get that player who's the only player left because there's a chance that come around to the next pick, I'll have someone else in the same tier. So okay. yeah. these players in the same tier as each other are of similar value. So we'll start at number one. There is one player in tier one, and it is hate it. No, it isn't. It's Nick. It's Nick Dacos. <laughs> nice. well well Nick Dacos is at tier one, and we did say don't pick him in classic, but that does not mean I don't think he's the best player in the defense line. He's in a league of his own, isn't he? He's in a league of his own. Yeah, yeah. Um, and what do you expect him to go this year? I think he goes one ten plus okay. at a conservative projection. It would not shock me if by the end of the season he's a hundred and fifteen type mm. player. I think the stat I pulled up the other day for his move into the midfield when he played 60% or more CBAs, he averaged 114. Going into his third season, that could improve with more time in there. The sky's the limit with this guy. Like oh, He's man. nearly won the bloody Brownlow in his second year. so Potentially should have. Now, I want to throw a question to you, mm. being the draft expert that you are. But Thank you. Number one pick you have on draft day. Any player is available. Is Nick Dacos someone that you are considering over some of the best midfielders in the game? I'm taking or... Tim English, I think. Yeah, I think I am too. Uh, I think, I do, well, it's yeah. like you've got maybe four rucks that could go 100 plus. Yeah, I, I think I think without yeah. spoiling our ruck rankings, but I do think Tim English is number one. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> number two, is, is Nick Dacos coming to considerations then? Or I mean, given given that I don't have as much confidence in what the rest of the defenders can do in terms of that top-level yep. average. Um, the only other thing I consider is the fact that we're pretty shaky on forwards this year, aren't we? We are very so, shaky on you forwards. Know, maybe there's some something to be said for... Yeah, I don't know if I'm confident enough to grab a forward well, that early. Yeah, true. Yeah. It's like, like, who's the best forward? Yeah. They're, they're going to be underperforming. I mean, maybe Dacos comes into it. I, I, mean, I think I would. I think, think I would take there? Dacos number two. Tim okay. English number one, Dacos two. And then I'd probably still go with a couple more rucks in Marshall and Gorn after that. And then load up on my mids. Okay, so you go you go Dacos over, over um, uh, Marshall. Yeah, I think I would. Okay. I, I think I see Dacos having a chance to step up another level. Plus, you've got to yep. feel out more um, defenders in your draft league for the most part. Um, you know, you've got a few more rucks that maybe elevate with maybe a Max Gorn and stuff, maybe getting a bit closer to someone like a Marshall. So I think there's a big gap between Dacos and the next best defender. So to me, he's in a league of his own. And um, you The good could... thing about draft too is he's not going to Dacos you anything. So. Yeah, that's, that's exactly right, mate. You are these last names, uh, not good today, uh, last podcast, which was <laughs> definitely several days ago. We didn't record it not today. Back, not back to back. No. Um, you just love that t-shirt. Yeah. It, I sleep in this thing. I mean, let's go, right? Let's go. Let's go. Why so he is not? clearly number one, and I don't think many people would argue with me on that one. So we'll move to tier two, and it's another tier, which I did have another player in here until today. I you just take it out as yeah, we... <laughs> no, not, not just now, but you know, a okay, few hours sorry, ago. Sorry. But I've gone with Jack Sinclair on a tier in his own at number two. Okay. Um, do you think that there is a lot of separation between him and the rest of the guys that are in... Not that the audience can see or tell yeah. who's next, but <laughs> do you think very that he, secret squirrel business. Do you think he's, you know, far I, enough ahead of the rest? I don't know whether he is. I think yeah. that there's... Well, there's guys in that next tier, you know, I'm, I'm talking about a guy like a Sicily, I'm talking about a guy like a Stewart, maybe even a Newman, depending on his role. I, I don't necessarily have the full confidence that Jack Sinclair is a tier above those guys. Yep. Um, but... 
if you ask me of the four names that I just listed, which one I expect to average the most, it probably still is Jack Sinclair. Yeah, and look, based on last year's average, the next best, the second highest averaging defender is James Sisley, and he obviously is not in this tier, and he is not the second-ranked guy on my board, but I just have much more confidence in Jack Sinclair maintaining his role, the team kind of still revolving around him. Yeah. Um, I I probably consider him the best player on the Saints, to be honest. Um, like, the- I mean, and they consider it too. He's back to back. I can't remember what their BNF's called, but he's yeah. back to back BNF winner. So yeah, so I just think that he he's gone back to back 102s. I think he's a clearly at least 100 averaging player. He averaged 107 the back half of last season. They get off to a good start in terms of the run. Um, yeah. No early buys or anything you have to worry about. Um, I'm not factoring that in too much with the draft order because there's some things you can do as commissioners and stuff like that to get around that. But yeah. it is just nice a headache you don't have to worry about. And so you've so, got him in. So you, your tiers are working in 10-point increments? Is that what I can see I here? Mean, or like what have you got? Kind of. It's it's okay. more just where I see a natural break okay. in terms of like, you know, my confidence in or the average. So I'm very confident he's a 100 averaging guy. The next guys could be there, yeah, but I'm not as confident. So I do want to separate a Sinclair a little bit ahead of the, the next pack, which is a bigger chunk of a tier. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. So talk to me. I'm, I'm interested here because you've got tier three and you've got a few names there. Yeah. Can I run them off? Yeah, run them off. Talk about? Let, so let us know. The interesting thing is who you've got first on this list, but yes. we'll talk about that more. So you've got at three in tier three, you've got Lockie Whitfield, yep. followed by Tom Stewart, Hayden Young, James Sicily. Uh, the Mosquito, Wanganine Miller, Harry Sheasel, and then Nick Newman. So a few yes. names there to, to digest, but Lockie Whitfield at the top of those names. Yeah, so they are ordered in terms of like my rankings. I, I think the, the tier is probably more important than the rankings, so I okay. do see these guys all finishing relatively similar. But Lockie Whitfield, I think, of all of these players... I actually think has the highest ceiling. Um, he's been a player that is higher been, than James Sisley. Yeah, I, like this guy. Do you mean individual gun. game ceiling, or do you mean like uh, average? You oh, know? Okay. Like, yes. well, I'm very conscious because Sisley I've got here at ranked six, down from the number two mm. average player that he was last year. Yeah. But if you look at his season over season ranking, James Sisley is normally actually just like a mid nineties guy. And last season he went crazy on the back of career high marks. He had the biggest mark average in the last 11 seasons Um, but prior to last year he was 96 which was again that was his career high 96 and before that you know he's really a 95 guy so I think he's going to come back down and I think that Whitfield has had seasons where he's averaged 110 in the past now the Giants is not the same team as back then but they definitely put it on the second half of last year Mm. and he went over 100 in the second half of last year and he did it with players like Himmelberg with players like Cumming and um, Ash and stuff, all healthy. Yeah. So they, they're not... I'm not worried about them taking points off each other. For defenders too, I mean, it, it does work in terms of the stealing points off each other, but sometimes it can also work in terms of the more more quality players down there leads to a more yeah. favourable matchup for mm. someone like Whitfield where he doesn't have to go and play accountable perhaps. That's right, yeah. He and can, he can get on the outside. He, so. and, and they just run. like they, They're they very much an up-and-down team, Like, yep. and he is best when the game is fast-paced and he can 
use his aerobic capacity, and I think the Giants do that well. Um, and I just think that he might slip in drafts because the narrative for him is injury-prone. And, yeah. and there's, a, there's a bit of validity to that because he's not put together too many healthy seasons. But last year, 21 games, um, one... Uh, I want to say one fewer or, or one more than James Sicily. So um, when it comes to availability, there is a little bit of a concern there, but I think it might be a bit overblown and you might be able to get him at value. Okay. Um, what are the next guys? In, in that... Oh, sorry, just one more question on the yeah, tier three, me. guys. In that um, tier, is there anyone that you'd pencil there as a bit of a speculative pick if somebody wanted to have a go at a bit of a roughie that could really just jump out of nowhere? Like to vault to the top of this list? Yeah, of, of any of those guys. Because I look at a name like Nick Newman and think if he is in the role that he was in at the, the end of last year, he could be D1. Like yeah, he could be... He could be. I mean, he was killing it towards the end of last year. I think he averaged 106 after the buys, which would put him right to the very top of this list. Mm. I also think there's a bit of upside with Hayden Young, depending on his role and how okay. much usage he gets in the midfield. Um I think I'd rather pick some of those names than Lockie Whitfield, but like like I said, I don't know shit from shoe polish when it comes to drafts. So. I mean, no, no, it's very fair, and I think a lot of people would agree with you. I think I'm probably one of the more bullish players on Whitfield than than you yeah. would you know expect. I think a player like Tom Stewart, um, even Desire Wangany Miller, he was good in the end of last year, but I don't know if I see like a big ceiling. Like I, I feel like he's quite a safe high nineties guy. Yeah. Um, so those guys are maybe a bit more just safe, whereas Sheasel could be anything. He also has a fair bit of downside. Yeah. Newman, Hayden Young, I think Whitfield as well can all sort of go big um, and have the potential probably to be in those 100 group. But I'm not as confident as I am with Sicily. So that is tier three. Before we shoot over to tier four, just quickly like to mention that if you haven't yet uh, liked the video and subscribed to the channel, please do so. We're on the quest for 2K quest subscribers. For 2K. We are. So appreciate you know, everyone that watches and, and comments and um, you know, we enjoy getting together and chatting shit. So yeah. if, you, um, if you enjoy it, subscribe and make sure you're checking out all the videos. Hashtag 2K24. <laughs> NBA. Let's not uh, run hashtags. No. no. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's go tier, tier four. four another got, group of players. And I still think these are all pretty reliable options here. But at number 10, it was very close to making the tier above. But mm. I've got Liam Duggan. If I had confirmation that he was playing a midfield role, he'd probably be elevated up into a tier above. But I'm not 100% sure just yet. Jaden Short of our Richmond Tigers is there at 11. Luke Ryan has had a big fall down. So he, yeah. I think, from last year was the fourth averaging player from defense, but he is down at eleven for, uh, at 12 for me. Angus Brayshaw, 14, Dan Houston, 15, Mason Redman, and at 16, the legend himself, Jake Lloyd, rounds out tier four. All these guys, I think, are 90 guys, maybe low 90s rather than high 90s. Liam Duggan, some cheeky CBAs in the latter half of the year. So from round 19 onwards, there were some CBAs games there. So 36 in rounds, 19, 0, 20, but then 72%, 69%, and then 13 and 45% to sort of round out the year. So Yeah. So the, the, the interesting thing with me is obviously you've got Shuey that's retired. Yeah. You've got Hearn that's retired. Yeah. He played a bit of games in the back half mm. and in the midfield. In games where Sheed wasn't playing, he averaged 98. In games where Hearn didn't play, he averaged 94, which is actually below his price stat or, or average of 96. Mm. So, yeah, I just I just don't really know what his role is going to be. If if it was more midfield, he'd be in the next tier, which is based on what his average did last year. Um, but it's that uncertainty that has me a little bit 
down on him. And, and because he's an eagle, I reckon you might be able to get him a little bit later because obviously they're not going to be a very good team. Yeah. But well, talk to me. I think that brings up an interesting discussion point: is is when it comes to draft, do is there room to speculate on on new potential role, or is it best to just go with the safety of what you know when it comes to you know tossing think, up between a couple of players? I think early on you want to lean on safety. Like these guys are going to be the players that you want to have on your field at all times. You know, yep. as soon as they're healthy, you plug them in. I think you're looking more the the later in the draft you get the more upside you're shooting for. Okay. Um, so more speculation. Yeah, the more speculation. So I do think that early on I favour the security of a, of a role. Yep. I favour the security of proven scoring. Um, whereas, you know, mid-draft to late-draft, I'll, I'll, I'll take a few sort of punts on some upside plays. The thing is, when you take a punt on a guy later, the, the way it works is if you it doesn't work out, drop him the way. Why him. take the guy who's popping? Absolutely, or, yeah. So, okay. Yeah. So, so the earlier in the draft, you do want some more safety um, because, yeah, obviously there's more to lose than there is to be gained. Yep. Yep. Um, the another guy I just want to touch on real quick, I'll get yeah. your thoughts on Jaden Short this uh, at this point because he is obviously someone that maybe he's getting some classic buzz as well. Well, I even think uh, that's the thing with Shorty is if if he's on that halfback role and if um, Adam Uze is keen to play a, a you know slightly different game style to what Damian Hardwick has previously played, Shorty seems to fit the bill for that running halfback flanker that can you know wax get those marks. They want the ball in his hands. He's an elite kick. He's an elite long kick. Ironically, mm-hmm. um, short goes long. So the only thing that when I did some digging that I didn't quite like is that when I look back at his previous seasons, I was expecting to see a one hundred and five there. I was expecting to see a big season. Where he just popped because we know he has that in him. Yeah, it's always been it's it. always been in patches, right? Mm. So in twenty twenty two, I believe was that the year that he started off on fire. He had that sixty eight, but then went one thirty one, one eighteen, one twenty five, seventy two, but then one twenty seven, one twenty three. So we've seen it from him, you know what I mean? And then he started to move into the midfield halfway through the year, and the scoring did drop off, not dramatically. Like he was still scoring eighties, nineties, and low tons, but there weren't those ceiling games. So, so has he been hard wicked? Maybe. Hard dick. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, don't say that, mate. Oh, just, just, just a dick. <laughs> he got dicked. Uh, so, it's... um, Look, he is another one of those upsidey guys, like with the Liam Duggan. He could easily be in the tier above. Um, you know, his 2022 average of 98 definitely gets him into that, you know, tier yeah. three area. Um, but new coach, role's been a bit all over the place the last couple of seasons. I think... What, am I right in saying 2022 Daniel Rioli wasn't back there? Or was that... Am I... Forgetting that role. Yeah, I'm, I can't I'm remember. Not the but best on the memory either. So, so a few things can change in two years. So, um, you know again, what? I, a little bit more safety. I'll bring him down a bit. You know what I could see happening with Short as well. So, new coach, yeah. a little bit of classic buzz there as well. Do you remember a few years ago he came out in a practice game, one seventy early went, on? Yeah, and everyone was like. If he comes out of the practice game and goes huge, everyone's going to go new yeah. role, new coach, and it might be it might be true, it might be legit, yeah. So he could put us in a tricky position. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Um, yeah, he definitely could, and and they've got that round zero, so you're going to get a really good look at him. Yes. Uh, in that one there. So anyone else on that list you want to have a, a chat about? Uh, Redmond, I want to just mention that he is a player that does a lot better in wins historically than losses. So. Maybe it depends on how well you think the Bombers are going to be this Again, year. a late sort of speculative Yeah, late-ish. Oh, I, think, I think he's emerging as one of their better backline guys. He's the first Bomber backline guy that I've got there. I think he's probably the, you know, a cut above the rest. But let's move on to Tier 5. I've only got four players in Tier 5. Um, I've got Harry Himmelberg. Yeah, the Berg. I mean, the Berg, the Berg could Number probably 17. fit in the, the category above. If it was the year before... And he was playing half back like he did in 2022. He yeah. would be. 
maybe even in Tier 3. But based on what I saw last year, with a few mouths to feed in Giants, he leads Tier 5 um, as sort of that high 80s guy. Kadeem Coleman is a bit of a bullish ranking. Mm. It's, it's maybe one of the more risky guys at this spot, but I've got him at 18, Alex Witherden at 19, and Mitch Duncan uh, last year's average would have him in tier four, but I am just expecting, you know, another year older, the, the cats, I think he's going to just slowly regress a little bit. And plus I'm taking a little bit of a discount in terms of his body at this point, but he definitely, of the four guys, he has the most proven, I guess, upside when it comes to his scoring. What, what do you think about a uh, Kadeen Coleman? We obviously talked about him in our mid pricer. From what you see um, of this year's numbers. Yeah. It's, it's a high ranking. The, the 20, it? the 2020, Three numbers, yeah. Yeah, sorry. So you're yeah. you're banking on the pop there if if you're picking him at like a tier five guy. Yeah, I am. I think he I think he can go eighty five, which he did do in the back half of last year. If you're if you're the main distributor in an AFL backline and you don't go eighty five, something's gone wrong. It's hasn't not. It? Yeah, yeah. You'd think most teams would have a defender that goes that eighty five yeah. plus. So I'm trying to think of a team that wouldn't, but no, I think most defenders would go 85 plus. If so. Daniel Rich had played all of last season and Coleman put up those numbers, then I, I would have bought into the narrative more that, okay, well, Rich retires, Coleman mm. <clears throat> takes the reins, but the fact that Rich only played seven games just leaves a little uneasy. Yeah. The other, I mean, the, from a mentality perspective, this guy's just gone massive in a grand final. Could that mm-hmm. just be the catalyst for him going, bro, I'm here, like I'm in this Could be league. just a huge confidence thing. Um, you know, we talked about in that mid-price, the one that he, he seems like a guy's a bit quenched. Maybe after that <laughs> performance and the loss in the grand final, he gets a bit more thirsty. I don't know. He could have a normie if, if things went his way. Absolutely. Um, tier six, we'll go on to this next one here. Um, the top name is someone I do want to spend a bit of time on, but we'll run through them all. Pow! 21, Will Powell. <laughs> Will Powell. I've got 22, Jordan Ridley. 23, Callum Wilkie. I have got him dropping a little bit based on last year's numbers. 24, Jordan Clark. 25, Nick Vlostone. It's not Vlostone, Luke. Um, Lockie Ash at 26. 27, Christian Salem. Yep. 28, Mitch Hinge. 29, Ballydale. And at 30, Ed Richards rounding out the Bulldogs and the top 30. Will Powell. Um, Dimmer. Loves him mm. myself a halfback. Um, who's the other guy? Uh, Lockie Weller. Done his ACL and yeah. may or may not play this season. At least he's going to be out for a fair chunk of the season. Will Powell's numbers were pretty good when in games that Lockie Weller didn't play. And if he is going to be that distributor off halfback, then like we just said with Kadeen Coleman, he does have a bit of potential there. And I think um, he was the closest one to being in the tier above. I'm just waiting a little bit on the preseason to see if it is going to be his role to lose, so to speak. You said Dimmer loves that half-back role, and he does love that half-back role. So, short, Basher, Hooley. Yep, yep. Both of- but then outside of those two, who's the guy that's gone Vlost- 100? Oh, Vlostone was 90s. He wasn't... Powell averaged those guys. Powell averaged ninety in his last five last year. Yes, he was. Um, what I've got a stat here. So he averaged he averaged seventy two point six in games where Lockie Weller was healthy. Mm. Um, so obviously that drags his average right down. He averaged eighty two for the season. So with Lockie Weller not there with the ACL, maybe he can do a bit more of that. You know, back end of the year where he did average ninety three in his last three. The, I mean, where I've got him ranked could be unders. And I actually yeah. would be okay to move him up if it was obvious in the preseason that he was getting that role. But I don't know if it's guaranteed just yet. Like, 
I reckon even there's a chance that someone like a Lukosius or something like that gets a. Is he a, a guy run that there. you'd like be looking to steal with your last on-field defender he, pick? Like he, is that, he's is a that, good that, upside pick, I think, okay. and I think he's yeah. someone that could definitely you maybe take him a little bit earlier than what his <laughs> average suggests because I think there is a bit of upside there. Okay. Um, but it does sort of hinge on the the preseason. I, I, I think do you got hinge at twenty eight. Um, yeah, I do. Mitch Hinge. Um, speaking of Mitch Hinge, he he had a big finish to the end of last year. And um, what did I do? How did I do that? <laughs> uh, so he is someone that if you I'll look at his you, uh, <laughs> post by uh, splits, he uh, he came he came in strong and is actually someone I've seen people throw around when it comes to the classic selection um, as someone that maybe presents himself a little bit of value. So in the after buy period, he went at 91 and has an average of 75.6. I just can't really identify why he went 91. Um, I don't know if there was a huge change in game style or you know, different position that he was playing, a different role after the buy, but obviously he it's a pretty fair sample size for him to go over 90. But in uh, his last five, only 75? Oh, sorry. No, that was across the season. My bad. Yeah. So yeah, I've got last three here at eighty-one. Um, so yeah, there was yeah. obviously a bit of a bit of a patch there in the middle yeah. of the season, just after the buy rounds, that he he was putting up some decent scores. So we'll, mess- we'll message Bales and ask Bales or no. Yeah. Let, let let us know if you're if you're a Adelaide fan. Let us know why why did Mitch Hinge go off last last half of the buy last half of the season last year. So he he's in there, but again, I'm not sure if I'm fully buying the hype. And then you've got a lot of guys who I think are, are solid. If I was looking for someone who's got a bit of a pop about him, it is it is probably Will Powell, maybe a Lockie Ash, depending on, you know, for example, if uh, Whitfield does go down, there's a situation where he can sort of step up. Yep. Um, but the other guys, I don't really know if the upside is hugely there. Maybe a Salem if he recaptures the form from a few years ago, but I'm getting less confident by the day. And and maybe Jordan Clark, actually. Jordan Clark, I do like. We talked about we him talked in the, a little bit in about the, in the mid-prices, so uh, with um, Hayden Young moving to the mids. Now, what about guys that were stiff to miss? Stiff to miss. Um, Luke McDonald is the first one. I mean, I'm assuming that uh, Zach Fisher takes the role so over there in North. a lot going on at North Melbourne. Yeah, he's... I think he's more of still that mentory type, mm, um, mm. but if he does get that, you know... Jack Siebel kind of a role. He could potentially be there. Uh, everyone's favourite classic pick from last year, Andrew McGrath. He's caused some headaches, didn't he? Yeah, he's just he's just an eighty kind of guy. I think there. Daniel Rioli, our boy, um, good player. Mm. The fantasy like there was a patch at the beginning of last year where he was right up there. Yeah, but I think because he's a better player, teams lock in on him more, and he's. He's the guy coming off halfback that you don't want waxing and marking. He doesn't you want get marked. He's handball receive kind of. Yeah, and that's what Richmond wants him to do. So yes. I, I wouldn't expect Uze to come in and, and say, hey, you're going to be a chippy chippy guy. You know what I mean? It's like, it's, yep. it's not going to happen. So Another late round flyer would be a Marcus Windhager if he does get a bit of that center bounce role. And Darcy McPherson, who similar to a Will Powell, if he is the guy that Dimmer selects as the sort of main distributor off halfback for the Suns, um, could get a run. But I'm backing in Will Powell over him at this stage. But... Definitely keep an eye on him. So, plus, I'm probably sure I've missed someone else. But yeah, let me know in the oh, comments if there's, let you know. if there's someone that I've missed. I'm not going super deep. There's uh, 35 plays in total, so we've, we've done a fair whack. Is um, there the potential for you, after the video drops for you to tweet out this list so that people can go back and check it out, or is that something that you do? Or maybe people ask me nicely in the comments. Yeah, <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I, was just I probably will. It would be will. a pain to scroll back through the video. And, yes, and I'll, I'll, to I'll it, likely so. I'll likely do a tweet out maybe 24 hours once people have a chance to watch it to yeah. drop this rankings list. Um, remember, 
this is coming out. Oh, we're recording this on January 8th, so mm. plenty of time for this to change. But it's a good starting point, I think, in terms of just having an eye on who can be where for your draft team. And, and you can sort of see where we've got some of these classic relevant guys ranked for fantasy. So, um, yeah, let us know down in the comments. Did you like this video? Did you Do you want to see more draft content? Or do you think we should stick to classic? Let us know in the comments section down below. Give this video a big old thumbs up. Hit that subscribe button. And we will see you guys next time. We're talking midfielders. See you later. Bye.